I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Russell Wilson, there's speculation. Is he going anywhere? I don't think so, but if he does, check out the two favorites right now. You can bet this. Raiders are the favorite, and then the Dallas Cowboys are next. Dak Prescott in the mix there, obviously. Lakers lose again. We're seeing the title odds tighten a little bit, but what about the MVP odds? We'll be talking about that. Second favorite in the MVP, Embiid. The Sixers go to Toronto against the Raptors. Sixers favored by two and a half. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, making his triumphant return, Steve Fezzik. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. So we pride ourselves to be a, a Vegas show, straight out of Vegas. And obviously the Tiger Woods um, reporting and news is, you know, bigger than sports batting, bigger than sports. And, you know, when, and again, here and now it's not life threatening, but we don't know. So what we'll say is obviously it matters. And obviously what we try to do every day is bring you something other people don't, if that's their choice or they're unable. I think it's probably a mix. So we'll kind of give a hat tip to that. Wish for the best and, you know, focus on what we do best. Sports bettors, they listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. So Jonas Knox with his second of three well-deserved days off back on Thursday. Faz, how are you doing today? I got to tell you, RJ, you killed it yesterday on the show. All I, right, I, I hear that. I, you take your time with this. I really thought if you missed the show, and that was a mistake, RJ talked about NBA in the West, why the Jazz are undervalued, why this is the year the Jazz are actually a contender. And then he went to the East and talked about the Nets. Yes. But some- Steve, I got to be honest with you. It was um, last Wednesday when we tape our weekly podcast, I was preaching about the Jazz and you were like, you were a skeptic. What's happened since? Because coincidentally, coincidentally, this weekend was a big shift in, it seems like, the betting sentiment. Uh, entering the weekend, you could have easily gotten 12-1 uh, to 1 on the Jazz to win the title. Now, at the Westgate, which is a very respected book, they take, take um, a lot of sharp action here in Vegas. They've got the Jazz at 5-1. to 1. So, over like a three- or four-day period, 12-1 to 1 to 5-1. to 1. And coincidentally... My wisdom seems a little bit wiser today. 
Yes, and I. The more research I did, the more spot on I think you are. And you know, think about this: the Westgate's like, you know, this is the futures pool. You want to take bets in the futures pool because the hold percentage is sometimes upwards of forty percent. Meaning, for every hundred they take, they put forty in their pocket effectively and pay out the rest, and thus. They want to take eight times as much as a typical eleven to ten bet, if at all possible. Yes, and many books still have the Jazz at eight to one, and the Westgate saying no more. It's five to one. You're, we are going to short pay you to the extent that basically we're not going to write any more Jazz action. That's Steve Fezzik. We're straight out of Vegas, but he's making a very good point, which is, I mean, not about the wisdom and all that. You know, I'll let you decide. But the point he is making is that isn't as obvious. Books will offer you a price that is really telling you, we only want you to bet one of these two sides. So let's give an example. Um, five to one's a short price, no doubt. But there's prices out there. You can, you know, you could get, as of yesterday at least, you could still get eight to one if you looked around. Now maybe that's changing. Still there. Okay. So why would Westgate, which is a short book, be at five to one when it's really easy to get eight to one. Who would bet at the Westgate? Nobody. Right? It's it, meaning for that specific bet. It's like if there's a gas station across the street and one is selling gas for three dollars and one is selling it for four. The four dollar one is saying we don't want to sell any gas, but if you're dumb enough to buy from us, we'll take it. Right. So if you want to take five to one, Westgate's fine with that. But they're not going to give you a competitive price. Now, why is that? It could be two things. They could have liability that's sufficient for them that they'd rather not have any more liability exposure to the Jazz. And I would like that as a Jazz backer because they get sharp action, even on the futures pools, not as much as other things, but as much as you can be sharp in futures and title odds, I think Westgate's right at the top of the list in Vegas. Or it could be they're saying, we see something we don't have a bunch of liability, but we don't want liability. Either way, this is either the better's opinion at the Westgate or the bookmaker's opinion saying, no moss with the Jazz. To me, if you're a Jazz backer, that's a good sign. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And why are the Jazz so much better this year? And you're right. Last week, I was poo-pooing this whole Jazz saying, hey, it's basically the same team. They were a six seed last year. What suddenly makes them a contender? I'll tell you what makes them a contender. A lot went wrong last year. Remember COVID? What started the whole COVID issue? Yes, I do recall COVID. <laughs> Mitchell and Gobert. <laughs> Chemistry issues going at each other. That was a big question mark coming in the offseason or the, the shortened offseason for sure. And I, yeah, I certainly think it hurt them in the bubble where they went three and five to end the year before the playoffs. And even one of their better players under the Raider, Bogdanovich, opted out for elective surgery. So they weren't at full strength. And this year, they've got a player, Clarkson, who was only with them half a year last year, and now he's better this year. So this Jazz team, much better. Clarkson, an example of a sixth man or the type that can lead the second unit. The thing about the NBA is and this is something Scottie Pippen did a lot of with the Bulls, is it's one thing to say who's going to close the game, who's going to open the game, and that's vital. But you need, and Coach did this too at different points, you need someone that can score that isn't a starter. And usually that person's going to be limited because if they can score and play deep. But you got, it's easy to have an eighth or ninth man that's a defensive player that can't score a lot. So you kind of get the, the way a second unit works together in the NBA 
it's almost like the, the teamwork element, there's got to be two versions of it. The version with the first unit, version with the second unit. Giobli was a, a, an example of that with the Spurs. You know, he could score yes. with the second unit. And I, I, I think that's something the Jazz does have. They do have at this point. We're straight out of Vegas. So, Matty Holt was in yesterday and former bookmaker. <laughs> He's uh, in recovery. <laughs> and he was he was on the old party line, which is, um, I like Matt, so I won't do a voice for him. But imagine I'm doing a, a voice like this, but I'm not really, because I like him. <laughs> but you do voices for me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're, you're connecting the dots there. That reminds me, when I was like seven years old, my I was looking at my mom's old pictures when she was a kid, right? And she had me when she was like 21. So, you know, she still was a kid. I didn't realize it in a way. But she was like 12 years old in this picture. And she was on the beach. And, you know, we grew up in Ohio. She grew up in Ohio. So it was like a trip or something. And... I, she has this crazy looking like plastic cap on all the way down to her like, you know, jawline almost like tugged down. I'm like, mommy, why, why do you have that cap on? She goes, well, back then it was a regulation. None of you weren't allowed on the beach without one of those caps. What? And I look and I go, but mom, no one else has one in the picture. <laughs> She's like, you're right. <laughs> she hadn't saw, seen that. So <laughs> I connected the dots. You just did Steve. But I'm just going to act like it didn't happen and move on and hope you forget about it. <laughs> okay. So here's what I would say. I only do it because I like you so much. It's a spectrum. It's got two fat tails. On one side is the people I don't like. And then the other side is the people I like so much I can rib them a little bit. Do you believe it? You sold it. Yeah, there you, you go. You sold it. So moving on. Now, <laughs> what Matt was saying was... The Jazz are a good regular season team. We've seen this before. Going back to the Atlanta Hawks not that long ago. And usually, what is a good regular season team that isn't good in the playoffs? Usually, you don't have a superstar. Because in the playoffs, you know sometimes you gotta, they put them on their back. right? Um, oftentimes, they're deep. But depth doesn't really matter in the playoffs as much. And oftentimes, their effort level, and and we're talking about the playoff or the teams that do better in the regular season than the playoffs. And the third thing I would say is their effort level is consistent. So if you're always trying, you're deep, and part of being deep is you don't have a superstar, so no one's fighting for the ball, no... You can do whatever you do in the regular season, slot that down a little bit for the postseason. Do you generally agree with that? I do. And that's the book I've always had on Utah and Denver is that they're teams that try really hard every night and they get overrated, especially with that uh, Which Trump. is kind of a shame that that is the exception that these millionaires are <laughs> for a 48-minute basketball game are trying their best. Yes. But it is, apparently. So does Utah fall? Obviously, your first instinct was Utah fell into that category. It was. It feels like you think they're still in the category, but maybe not as pigeonholed as you maybe thought. Or do you think maybe the Jazz just aren't that profile and that they can be just as good in the playoffs as the regular season? I think it's somewhere in the middle. 
because this Jazz team is just so much better than other Jazz teams that we've seen before. And look at the losses now. The Jazz have only lost six games. Every other team in the NBA has lost double digits, 10 or more now. So the Jazz have clearly separated themselves. And if there's ever a time that you're going to say, let's split this season up, it's going to be at a time, meaning saying, well, throw out, you know, you can kind of throw out the first X number of games, whatever. For the Jazz, it's not that many, right? So, Mackenzie, how many games did they start that they had a Midland record? And then I guess it's been, what, 22 now? You know, take a gand. Oh, you so, got yeah, it? That, that 22 is 22 of 27, I mean, 31 total games played. So, two thirds of that season. All right, so you're saying 31 games on the season, and their streak is involved 22 games at this point? Yes, 20 and 2 straight up in ATS. Okay, so I'm just going to do some back-of-the-napkin math. Nine games to start the season, 22 games after, and they have the best record over all games, all 31, but amongst the 22, the Utah Jazz, 20 and 2. So if anything, they're better than their record because with the shortest offseason ever – it's kind of hard to say that maybe the way teams gelled at the beginning isn't as applicable later. Sure, and Vegas is well aware of this. Look at tomorrow night's game. The Jazz are an eight-point favorite against the defending champ, L.A. Lakers. All right, so think about that. The game's in Utah. Lakers, now obviously without A.D. Yes. But how many points is A.D. worth to you? Four points. So that's gone up a little bit, hasn't it? No, four has been pretty consistent. All right, six is the most any player's like ever been valued, correct? Yes. LeBron was uh, six in his prime. And, you know, he's close to his prime now, but and Michael was six. Mm-hmm. So you're saying A.D.'s worth two-thirds as much as any player in the history of the NBA? Yes. Wow. That seems high. That seems really high. He couldn't win a playoff series. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I just it doesn't seem right to me. But looking at the Lakers, in fact, it's a good time for a break. When we come back, the Lakers, obviously they're losing some. Obviously, we can discount it because of AD. I think there's some things in the betting market that I'm going to point out that shows there's some pessimism about the Lakers. For a while, it was like, oh, don't worry, don't worry. Just in the last couple days, it feels like there's some cracks in the certainty that the Lakers are even the best team in the NBA, even with AD healthy. That's when we come back. We are straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm RJ Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas. Jonas with a few days off back on Thursday in studio. Steve Fezzik, the only two-time Super Contest champion. That is the biggest sports betting contest in the history of the world. I think that's fair to say. It's a great day to join us. Not only do we have Fez, we're breaking down LeBron and the MVP. And here's what I'm going to propose to you, that LeBron James is hurting the Lakers' chances to win a title because of his zest for the MVP. Literally, mathematically, you would have to downgrade the Lakers because of this effort. We'll get into that. There, there might be a few people who disagree. No way could LeBron hurt his team. Whatever that team may be, he's been on four of them. 
<laughs> this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Though I was at ESPN before, so I, you know, people chat. I'm not judging, <laughs> but this is Fox Sports Radio, baby. And I love the promotion they do around the brand because I really do believe, like, if I had a vote, you know, they don't vote on things like this. It would have been because we care more. Now, I don't mean care about people. Come on. I'm not going to fool them with that. I mean, we care about radio more because there's other places. I'm not going to mention ESPN directly, but other places, <laughs> you know, in the Connecticut area, I'd say centered that <laughs> I, get, I didn't say anything. Come on, Steve. That to them, most of the time, radio is something to do after TV. Oh, okay. I'm done with this. I'm going to go and relax, undo my belt and, you know, think about this and maybe think about it, maybe not. Uh, again, a lot of talented people, but is radio their first love? Is radio their passion? I'd say no. I'd say here it is. That's why I like being here. And again, fastest growing show. And you can listen. Eh, let's do foxsportsradio.com. That's the easy one. You can hear it streaming or... You can find out where your best local station is. That's free right here in Vegas on the Strip. 75 degrees. The neon is flowing. All right, Fez, you're giving me a lot of love here. And you're not really done yet We've because you've come around. So last week, I said Jazz. I said Nets. You said Nah, Nah. Now you're saying Yeah, Yeah. But let's wait for the Nets. Let's talk Lakers. What have you reevaluated the Lakers? Yeah, the Lakers have obviously. Is that a yes? Yes. How so? I've downgraded the Lakers. They're obviously struggling, and I agree with what you said about LeBron. I've got some numbers to back it up as well. So LeBron would be in historic territory, winning his fifth MVP. He's got four, if I'm not mistaken. Check on that, McKenzie. And five. I think Kareem's got six. And someone's got five. I don't think know if it's Michael or not. Give me that list. But right now, the MVP odds, LeBron is the favorite still, plus 125. So you only get back a little bit more than you bet. 100 wins you 125. Embiid, three and a half to one. The Joker, almost six to one. And then we got a bunch of people between 12 to one to 13 to one. So these are all clustered. Curry, Luka, Durant. Durant's a question of how many games... He's missed because I think his level of play has far exceeded expectations off the injury. Would you agree with that? Yes, but having already missed 13 games, it's getting dicey. Okay, now next up, guy nice anti toko umpo has no chance. No chance. It would have been interesting if Giannis had like a season that was 10, 15 percent better than anyone. Like you know, you could say last year was the case. Because the idea, do you give him a historic third straight MVP, even though he's clearly better, or do you penalize Giannis for the postseason issues of Milwaukee? And they're historic issues. There's never been a team as good as Milwaukee in two successive regular seasons. So two years ago and last year, that didn't win a title. It's just never happened before. They're the best two-year run in the regular season, NBA history, Milwaukee Bucks, to not win a title. And that shouldn't really play a role in the MVP, but the MVP is a vote, and anytime there's a vote, it's a narrative. Yes. You're handicapping the narrative. 
And then the last person with even viable odds, Dame, as you would call him, Dame Time Lillard, 20 to 1. And that's it. No one else is better than 40 to 1. You said LeBron. My premise is people rest for a reason. It's not because they're lazy. It's because they think that minutes spared now, minutes not played now, will give me energy in June. And I think it's hard to debate that. I mean, because it seems like to me as you get to the conference championships and you get to the finals, the health and the fatigue of the teams is of paramount importance. Absolutely. Remember when Golden State had two catastrophic injuries, both of them happening in the finals with Durant just coming back from the one, Clay. Now, again, Clay's hurt a second time. you got to wonder about it, would the second injury have happened if the first injury didn't. Who knows, right? Because they compensate and all that. Anyone does, even a world-class athlete. That season, we defined catastrophic injury as missing 10 or more months was the, was the projection. So there's only a few. Like the worst knee injuries and Achilles usually are going to be it. Mm-hmm. The entire season up until the finals, counting all teams, all games, playoffs and regular season, there were two of them in the league. Then there were two in the finals. And oh, by the way, Golden State had, that was the culmination of the longest run of games ever where this team was in the finals, what, four or five straight years. They were playing late. There was an Olympics in between. I mean, they had more miles on their legs and the, the Golden State did, then maybe any team in NBA history up to that point. And lo and behold, there's half of the season's catastrophic injuries occur in a seven-game series. Versus over a 1,000 games. It doesn't seem possible without causation, right? Yeah. So, so let's think about that. There would be 40 teams each playing 82. So, wow, yeah. Is that right? There's like 3,200 games in an NBA year? Well, 30 teams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, NFL, I was thinking. But, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. You're talking about seven games versus over 3,000. Right? Jeez. Okay. Hmm. That's wild. Um, you were saying, though. So, I think we agree. We're straight out of Vegas. I think we agree that LeBron could use the rest. What numbers are you talking about to kind of back up the point? Well, LeBron, year-to-date, he's played every game, and he's averaged 35 minutes. That's not so bad. It's about 20th most in the, N- in the NBA. But what is really concerning, in January, LeBron's averaging 38 minutes. So it's going in the wrong direction, his usage. It's going up, up, up. At 38 minutes, he's right with Harden. That would be the most minutes in the NBA. And that's what Colin was talking about today on The Herd right here in FSR, was that LeBron was leading the league in minutes in February. So the trend line seems to be right. Now, you guys might say, hey, listen, this is LeBron doing what he's supposed to do. Because yesterday he was talking about this. Now, I am not a big fan of people that say the following. I don't talk about this, but allow me to talk about it. Seems like you're contradicting yourself right in the middle of it. If you're not talking about it, you're not even talking that you're not talking about it. You can't, if you're talking about not talking about it, you're talking about it. You can quote me on that. <laughs> Think about the wisdom of that. If you're talking about not talking about it, you're, you're talking, talking about, about it. it. It's a good point, isn't it? Mackenzie, would that pass the mustard at Yale? 
That, that sounds like a senior thesis to me. Or a fortune cookie. <laughs> but either way, I think there's way. an overlap oftentimes, no <laughs> doubt about it. Call 1-888-FARMERS, and you could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. We're straight out of Vegas. Up in a few minutes, and th- I mean, this guy deserves this kind of intro. Mr. Dan Byer, in a few minutes, is going to be giving us an update. And really, more seriously, with Tiger, we probably will have news on that from Mr. Dan Byer who he may have a theme song that I'm going to give him. Maybe. We'll see. The Lakers without Davis this year, nine games, one winner against the spread, 1-7-1 one, one ATS. They've lost by almost five points a game against the spread. So Vegas says, we know AD's out. We know LeBron's playing hard. We're going to attempt to ascertain what the net effects of all that is. And over those nine games, they've been wrong by a combined almost 45 points to the Lakers' disadvantage. So, on one hand, you could say LeBron's stepping up and doing what he needs to do, digging the ditch if it needs dug kind of thing. I'll take the garbage out. That's what like CEOs will say in small companies. I'll take the garbage out. It's like, I will, but I don't want to. <laughs> LeBron's doing that, and I do give him credit for it. But to what end? Is it for an MVP? Because there's Kareem with six. He's pretty good. Lou Alcindor, formerly. Bill Russell, pretty good. 11 titles. MJ with five. Wilt Chamberlain with four. And LeBron with four. Now, I got to tell you, that's about the sweetest list I've seen. Mm -hmm. Kareem, Russell, MJ, Wilt, LeBron. LeBron's on that list, and rightfully so. But if he gets out to five, now he says, no, Wilt. I don't want Wilt. Because in a way, Wilt... And LeBron have some in common, you could say. Less titles than you would think. Physically dominant for the era. Yeah, you know. I'm not saying exactly right. I'm not saying LeBron is out there with the ladies like, well, not at all saying that. I don't think that's possible. But, but the fact of the matter is, that's a hell of a list. But LeBron wants to be up there with MJ. And again, I get it. He's preparing for his uh, last dance. Meaning, not that he's almost done, but in 15 years, when he puts together his case to be the best ever, and the MJ people are going to sound like the people talking about, you know, Clyde Frazier or something, right? Because when I was growing up, I heard about Clyde Frazier, and I'm like, who? (laughs) Right? Now, there wasn't YouTube, but MT, you know, uh, it's easier to see the past than it was in the 80s, let's say. But I can promise you, LeBron being a billionaire and beyond – if he can be considered the GOAT of all time, clearly, or it's him and LeBron, or I'm sorry, it's him and MJ, but yeah, 65% of the people think MJ. That is worth what to LeBron? Hundreds of millions of dollars? No doubt. And, and, and whatever else he's doing, right? Mm-hmm. How much is it worth to Brady and TB12 that he's now the undisputed, indisputable GOAT? Oh. Lo- 100 million? 200 million? Easily. So over, we're talking about over decades now, mm-hmm. in theory, meaning you know never know lifespans as a former actuary, but you would expect decades and decades and decades. So I get why it's something of concern for LeBron, but are we all facing the reality that it's at the expense, this effort to win the MVP? is at the expense of him winning a title. That to whatever degree rest helps you, 
it's not going to help LeBron because of this effort, and they're not winning these games anyway. So it's like if LeBron took off two games in the last nine, in theory, it could have been that one of the games that they won, they would have lost if that's a game he had taken off. But isn't the whole premise of this NBA season that seeds don't matter all that much? Exactly. And the one thing about playing all these games, if you're a little bit tired, you got tired legs, I think it shows in long-distance shooting. Last six games, LeBron has made one-sixth of his threes. All right, so think, so it's about 17%. Yes. Okay. Over the course of the season, he's made more than two-sixths of his threes, so more than twice as good. So let me ask you a question. Are you trying to do a riddle? <laughs> <laughs> like, with this sixth thing, first off, your syllabus, is the syllabus for you isn't great, where you sometimes you get a little bit. So to go sixth a bunch, there's one-sixth and two-sixths. Who who advised you on that? Because that was not that was not random. There was a there was a deliberate consideration. I was that. trying to keep the denominator the same. Yeah, but you thought about that beforehand, right? Yes. Did Mackenzie consult with you on that? He did not. You might want to talk to anyone before you make it. So what we we're saying is seventeen percent versus thirty four percent. Yes. That's probably easier, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Or how many 36 was it? <laughs> so six thirty six or twelve thirty six? Yes. We'll finish up the LeBron talk and a little bit about the Nets. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Let's talk Nets. I asked this of Mr. Matty Holt yesterday. I said, if you could have any team that you'd win $10,000 if they won the NBA title, no odds. So it means who do you think? It's another way of saying who do you think has the best chance to win it? Who do you take? I'm going to take the Nets. So right now, though yesterday, last week, I said the Nets were a great value. I gave it out right here. So the hundred, you know, six figures plus listening every day, they a percentage of them bet the Nets off my recommendation. It was four to one when I gave it. Yes. What's the current number? Plus three thirty. So they've already lost seventy cents of value. That might be a good analogy, Steve, between me and you. Is that I'm playing at a plus 400, and then you wake up five days later and you play at a plus 330. That is a great analogy, although you've made bets that are even better in terms of overlays against me. Here's what when you you kiss butt, it's not as fun because I got to stop busting on you. So you should fight and try to act like you're as good as me, and then it will be more enjoyable. Well, I beat my chest and talked about how, hey, Harden, Irving, these aren't winners. We don't want to be back in this team. And the more I looked into these Brooklyn Nets, you know, Whenever you bring a big three together, it usually takes time to integrate. And all three of these guys have already missed time, and yeah. they're already really doing well. And that's what we'll get into is we're going to get into— Very nice anti-toco. Oh, we're going to get into why—not Giannis. We're going to get into why Brooklyn is exceeding expectations and why the ceiling is higher with them than I think any team. When we come back, we are going to talk the Nets, and there's a big game tonight— Sixers and Raptors. Sixers are a road favorite. And we're going to talk Russell Wilson for at least a minute or two. I, we got the odds. That's the simple part. And we are straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Jonas in the middle of his three-day siesta back on Thursday. Steve Fez again today and in tomorrow. Fez, you have a best bet coming up. Now, I'm wondering, is there an 11, at least an 11th and 20 chance of covering the spread? Yes. 55%, some would say. That's I, what I, we strive for. I say 11 20ths. That's a new thing. I'm just going to do fractions. You get it? I did. It took you a while? Yes. Like you thought I just randomly said 11 20ths? And you just said 1 6 and 2 6? No, that's the goal for the pro better. 55. I understand, but you didn't get the connection? I got it. I heard laughing like in radios playing down the street <laughs> laughing on that one. All right. So, why Brooklyn? What you've woken up to in the last week, and listen, the quicker when I'm wrong, I was anti Nets. I mean, it's been it's in the middle of the hardened time after about two weeks. I'm like, mm, I see something here, but I've been anti Nets before that. The trick is, as you get new information, how quickly can you come up with new you know, a, a improved insight? What I saw, and you can tell me if you agree with this, was one. Whatever their natural – and Durant's a team guy. Let's start there. Him leaving Golden State, you can debate that. But when he was there, remember, Steph had more shots than Durant did the first year in Golden State. So it wasn't like he came and said, I'm the boss. I mean, he didn't like, by all accounts, the love disparity between you know him getting less than Steph you know, by the fans. But it's hard to blame a man for that. It's hard to blame a man not want to be appreciated when you're as good – top five in the world or something. But I don't think him being a winner, Durant, is the question, or being a team guy. But with Kyrie and Harden, you can question it. Absolutely. No doubt. And let's be candid. Kyrie, we weren't sure how focused he was on basketball. But to whatever degree there there were the doubts when he was away from the team, those doubts have been mitigated. Those doubts have been diminished. He's done some stuff that makes you think, okay, he is back with the team, focused on it. And Harden's been the revelation. Uh, assists, great. Um, scoring when he needs to. That Phoenix win looks better and better. Phoenix is playing really well. You know, Phoenix is 9-1. and one. The only loss in the Brooklyn game. Phoenix is up 24 points. The old James Harden would pout, throw up some bad shots, nose to the grindstone, basically won the game for his team. And then in the postgame interview, thanked his teammates for the team effort that they all came together. We're going to talk about tonight's games, but I'm looking at this. So Nets are at home, favored by six against the Kings? Why are the Kings getting so much action here? It was eight, now it's down to six. You know, I know Brooklyn's just off that huge road trip where they won every game. Yeah, and that's a tricky thing. The first game back from a long trip is often tough because people, even rich people, got to deal with the male, got to deal with the wife, got to deal with the guma, perhaps. We're not (laughs) saying anyone in particular, but, you know, it is the NBA. It was Will Chamberlain's. So what we, in league, what we know is this. Lakers are still favored, plus 250. Nets are plus 330, down from four to one. Clippers plus 525, the Bucks 7 to 1, Jazz are 9 to 1. So there's 9 to 1 out there. That's our best shot number. Sixers 16 to 1. Those are the viable teams. Let's do your best bet. Steve Fezzik, best bet tonight ESPN 
College basketball. Yeah, Kansas, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, plus three against Texas. If you look at the ratings on these two teams, Texas, just a smidgen better. Ken Palm has them 21st and 22nd best teams in the country. Texas is home. This line looks about right. Texas laying three. Here's why I like Kansas. First game of the year in January, Texas beat KU by 25 points. It was all three-point shooting variants. Texas made half their three-pointers. Kansas made just over 10% of theirs. Expect that to even out, I like Kansas plus three in a game they have circled. Okay, Kansas, and they tend to finish season strong. That's something you've bet. It's a best bet. Yes. That's tonight, ESPN. Another big game tonight, Toronto and the 76ers. This is something where historically in the regular season, the Raptors have done very well against the Sixers. Ten times they've met, seven times Toronto's won. Seven and three straight up. And they're six and four against the spread. So Toronto has the edge in both of them, regular season matchups against the Sixers. This is a different Sixers team, and Bede's on a mission, it seems. MVP, he's the second favorite right now. And right now, 76ers are a upwards of a three-point favorite on the road at Toronto. We're going to talk tomorrow about Russell Wilson. It is interesting. If he does leave or gets traded from Seattle, the Raiders are the favorite. And the Cowboys are the second favorite. And tomorrow we'll be talking about Dak. And today was the first day he could have been offered the franchise. And uh, it's obviously a huge story. And I do think, though, specifically with Russell Wilson, the question is, do you, is it always going to be the player that you agree with? Because what I'm seeing now, the players are pushing things so much that some people, even player-friendly people, are saying, you know, maybe that's too far. I don't know if that's Russell, but I think that's going to be a reoccurring theme. One more day without Jonas. I think it was smooth today, but we love Jonas. He's back. We gave you the odds. Next up, the odd couple.